Please take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 63 as we dismiss any young people that are still in here from fifth grade on down. You have a great children's church program that you can get to. And uh, again, uh, appreciate so very much all those that help us in those children's church programs. Please stand as we read a few verses out of Psalm 63. Psalm 63. Many of you know uh, Matt Tice. Uh, that's Matt Tice's daughter, oldest daughter over there. Ashlyn, she's here with us today. So make sure to uh, see her and uh, greet her as her dad will be here with us when we have some really nice weather in January. Psalm 63, starting with verse number one. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. See, he was traveling the Jericho Road Highway, and he was going through Judah's desert. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. And I remember thee upon my bed. Meditate on thee in the night watches. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee, my right hand upholdeth me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you, Father, for this tender psalm today, for this inspirational portion of scripture, Father, for this instructional portion of scripture. Father, we thank you for King David and for using him to pen these words, knowing that the Holy Spirit gave him that direction. Again, Father, we are so thankful for your word and for the opportunity we have to be in it today. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. The average person has about 10,000 thoughts every day, between five and 10,000, but the average uh, has been agreed upon that is about 10,000. Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The truth is our behavior will change when our thinking changes. You say, what does it have to do with Psalm 63? Well, I'm going to get to it. Just settle down here. Relax. A thought that dominates you inwardly will ultimately drive you outwardly. Let that just sink in for a second. 2 Corinthians, take your Bibles and turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's look at a few verses there, starting with verse number 2. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 
casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. As children of God, it's imperative we think spiritually because to think spiritually will help us in pleasing God and help us in following the example of Christ. We know Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 1 and 2, the Bible tells us to follow Christ, to mimic Christ. The Greek word there is a word that we get our word, mimic, to mimic Christ in our walk. Someone has said, and it, it's so true, unless we have within us that which is above us, we soon will give in to the pressures around us. I want to read that one more time. Uh, unless we have within us that which is above us, we soon will give in to the pressures around us. King David is uh, uh, speaking here, and King David uh, was in uh, the desert of Judah, again on Jericho Highway. He was going through a terrible, terrible time in his life. He had all kinds of trials, all kinds of troubles. All kinds of pressures. Absalom, his son, was pursuing him, wanted to kill him. Some of his friends and many of his um, faithful in the kingdom had betrayed him and no longer were in fellowship with him. He would respond with a spiritual response. He could respond with a fleshly response, but he didn't. He responded, and Jeremy, we're looking at this, we see his response to those who were after him. It was a spiritual response because he was seeking God. He wasn't seeking revenge. He wasn't seeking uh, to get even. No, he wasn't uh, naturally thinking because naturally we want to get back at those who uh, hurt us. Those who have an offense against us, we want to hurt them back. You know, that's the way it is. That's our natural tendency there. But he was thinking spiritually, not naturally. Uh, spiritual thinking comes when we ask Christ into our heart and we let the Holy Spirit fill us and we uh, let the Word of God direct us. Uh, fleshly, selfish thinking uh, produces more sin. We know because of Romans chapter 5 and verse number uh, 12, for as one man sinned into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. We know because of Adam's sin, uh, the natural man, we have those natural tendencies. Fleshly, selfish thinking produces sin. More sin. More sin. And more sin. We don't have to be a slave to our natural thinking. We don't have to be a slave to our fleshly thinking. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, the Bible tells us there that we have been transformed by the renewing of our minds. After we ask Jesus Christ into our heart, after we put the sin aside, and it's been put aside, why? Because of our propitiation, Jesus Christ, propitiation for our sins, our advocate, after we received him, and aren't you glad the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, amen? amen? For whosoever, are you one of those whosoever's? If you've never asked Jesus in your heart, friend, then yeah, you're going to think naturally and fleshly, and you've got no hope to think righteously because there's not one good thing in us. The Bible tells us our goodness is as filthy rags. 
The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The Bible says in John, or in Romans chapter 6, and verse number 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, after we receive that gift, uh, we have been changed. The Bible tells us we're a new creation in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. In Ephesians chapter 4, everyone turn there, Ephesians chapter 4. This is such a great portion of scripture uh, for all of us who know Christ is our Savior. The Bible says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, remember, we're going back to thinking. How, how do you think? Are you thinking spiritually or are you thinking naturally? And we need to think spiritually. We need to think spiritually because God wants us to think spiritually. We have the opportunity to think spiritually because now we're spiritual. We're spiritual because we've been made spiritual because of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5, are you still with me? Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. We ought to have the mind of Christ. We ought to be thinking spiritually. And this whole message, the premise of this whole message is that David was thinking spiritually instead of carnally or fleshly or naturally. He was thinking spiritually during this time. We have the ability and we must, and we have the ability and we must think spiritually if we want to please God. Uh, too often we try to change our actions without changing our thinking and we fail to see that Thinking will change our behavior. How many agree with me there? Huh? All right. That, that's so very important. Too often man changes his evil actions only when he gets caught. But never changes his mind about sin. In fact, for most people today, it's not sin unless you get caught. And then it's sin. Ever since the first sin, man has followed Adam's natural example. And what's Adam's natural example? Even for Christians, what's, what's, what, what is it? Yeah, blame people. Well, they made me do it. Now, see what you, dial, see what you did now? Yeah, you, they made me do it. Rationalizing it away. Oh, well, listen, um, yeah, I deserve that. Or finding some way to cover our sin or to just justify bad behavior any way possible. Uh, comparing us or comparing your sin with somebody else's sin, it's not as bad as their sin. But sin is sin. Sin is sin. We got to realize sin is sin. Sin is not judged by the way we see it, but by the way God has declared it and the way God has seen it. Sin is sin. Sin put Jesus on the cross. It was our sin. Not his sin, but our sin. For the sins of men. One man, he took care of that sin, Jesus Christ. Here in Psalm chapter 63, the psalmist focuses on God. That psalmist, of course, is David. And he gives us a picture of spiritual thinking. It's only when we start thinking differently, spiritually, are you listening? Spiritually, 
And now who can think spiritually? Those who are saved, those who know Jesus as their savior, those who have trusted God's plan of salvation and taken Jesus Christ into their lives. Spiritually, that when we start thinking spiritually, we can start behaving spiritually. And when we live spiritually, we will please God. It's uh, the approval from God that counts. King David, the psalmist, his thoughts were on God, and that's why he responded the way he responded. It, it, it's a process that we need to follow. The time of, uh, of following this process is uh, so important. It's, uh, it's, in, it's important for us to realize that we, we are involved in a great cause, the cause of Christ. And we need as many people that claim the name of Christ to stand up and say, I am going to stand up for what's right and righteous and I'm going to live my life so that I can be approved of God and live my life so God can use me as a testimony in this dry and thirsty land we're living in right now. And so let's look at a few things here. And uh, I want you to notice that uh, uh, it's maybe, maybe everything's going great for you right now. Well, eventually you'll probably need this, all right? Maybe by Tuesday. <laughs> First, notice, we see his personal relationship. It was personal. It was personal. Oh, God, thou art my God. Oh, God, thou art my God. Now, think about that for just a second. David was going through some of the toughest times of his life. As I mentioned, Absalom was chasing him, wanted to kill him, betrayed by so many. Uh, he was on this... Uh, Jericho Road going through the desert. But instead of fostering hate, instead of fostering uh, revenge, uh, instead of fearing, he is now trusting in God during this time. He appropriated, he appropriated godly thinking. Okay. Almost every year, we go to Mackinac Island. How many have gone to Mackinac Island? How many have been to Mackinac Island? Everybody in Michigan goes to Mackinac Island. How many have never been to Mackinac Island? All right, just a few people. You'll get there one of these days. All right. But to get over to Mackinac Island, you either go to Mackinac City or you go to uh, St. Ignace. And uh, you go and you go to the docks, and when you get to the docks, there'll be several different ferries you can take over. Um, recent years, we've taken um, the jet uh, ferry over uh, because, uh, where, where's Brad at? Brad, are you here? Where's Brad? Brad uh, Spees. They've gotten us some tickets for, the, um, for, that, for that jet thing. To take over. And, and Amanda did too. Amanda and uh, Kevin did too. And so anyway, we, we go to the docks, we see the, the uh, jet boat that they have, and the jet boat's kind of neat because it's got a big rooster tail. It spits up the water real high, and, uh, and then you can go, and you can go under the bridge and all this kind of stuff. And really, when I get in the ferry, I just want to get over to the other side because I feel like if I'm going to be in a boat, I need to have a fishing pole in my hand. My wife would tell you, I wish I had a fishing pole with a great big lure on there so I could drag that across there. But anyway... Uh, so we go to the docks, we see the boats, or we pay the money, we see the boats, or hand our tickets, see the boats, and 
we have to do something in order to get over to the island. What do we have to do? We have to get in to the ferry. Get into, we have to appropriate the ferry. We can't get over to the island by just seeing the boats. We have to get over to the island by getting into the boat. So it is with us to have spiritual thinking. We must appropriate God. We must get into the word of God. We must get into the boat. We must get into the boat to get over to where God wants us to get. Some of you, you see the boat, you know the boat, you know you should react like that, you know you should have the right kind of behavior, but you're not thinking correctly. And if you're not thinking spiritually, then you're not going to get in the boat. You have to appropriate God's word. We must appropriate it, God says in his word, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity. Ready? Ready. This is amazing. Every thought. How many thoughts? 10,000 a day. 10,000. Every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Paul in Nero's prison writes to this church in Philippi and he says to them in Nero's prison, his dungeon, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are Honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, godly thinking. But we must recognize we can't have godly thinking until we have God in our lives. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, you're watching online, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you cannot have godly thinking until you have God in your life. Trust in him. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. So we see it was personal, and then it, we see that he pursued God. The Bible says, uh, early will I seek thee. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Early will I seek thee. One of the first things he did at the start of the day was to seek God. Okay? Before his mind was crowded with selfish thinking, before it was crowded with all the things he had to do in, in the kingdom, in the palace, now he's away from that, of course, and he's on the road. Before he could gather uh, all those people together and get ready for the rest of their journey, he pursued God. The Bible says, early will I seek him. The word early means, ready? Early, you got it. You Greek scholars, you and Hebrew scholars, you got it down. Early means early. If you and I are going to think spiritually, we have to, uh, we have to get to the Lord and we must pursue the Lord early. The Bible says early, David gives us this illustration. So before the day's activity started, David pursued the Lord early. If you came to church this morning at 1055, uh, you were late for Sunday school, but you were early for church. All right, 11 o'clock is church time. So I know I must sound like a broken record, 
but it's the truth, and the truth will help you think and act in a way that will please God. Seek God's word early in the day. Devos, personal devotions, Bible reading, quiet time, God and I time, Bible study, Bible memory, meditation on the word of God. All those terms are terms that we use to help people understand how important it is to be in the word of God daily. I don't care who you are. Whether you're a Sunday school teacher or, a, or the pastor of this church, you have to be in the Word of God. I, people, I'm telling you, this works. It works. It, I, I, I tell you, I'd be, I'd be certifiably crazy today if I did not go to the Word of God on a daily basis. So some of you say, Are you, have you had any tests on that, Pastor? Because we certifiably... Besides, we're approved of God. So to show thyself approved unto God, a workman need not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. It is so important for us to, in, to understand how important the word of God is. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. Sharpen then a two-edged sword. The word of God. You want real success in life? Joshua says, Joshua 1, 8 and 9. Success comes by getting in the word of God. Psalm 1, take your Bibles and turn there. Psalm 1, 1, 2, and 3. Psalm 1, 1, 2, and 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, his delight, his delight, his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. Whatsoever he Doeth shall prosper. Hey, listen. Does the devil ever take time out? Huh? Huh? No, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Yeah, well, I don't have time today. Well, you better take time. We looked at it last week, remember? We had somebody stand up for one minute and read the word of God. Just for one minute, brother. One minute. They read 14 verses. Now, I think one minute is a little short for daily devotions. But I'm just saying you need to be in the Bible. The word of God is powerful. The devil wants you to doubt that. I'm telling you, don't doubt it. Believe it. God's word can help you. David gives us illustrations of how it helped him. It changed his thinking on, on a lot of things and gave him confidence in a God who was there with him and for him. Yeah, summertime, vacation time should be a time when you give God more time. Isn't it crazy? I'm just going to relax. I'm just going to take some time off. I preached summer camps for over 50 years now. I can't hardly believe that. My wife and I, we look at each other and we say, now, how old are you? I can't believe it. But I've been preaching now for 51 years. And I, I think all those summer camps, huh? All the summer camps, right? All the summer camps. And, and I have kids come in. Listen, do you have day devotion? No. I mean to, but no, I don't have them. Uh, family camps. Do you, do you have some? No. We, we try, but you know. Uh, 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 uh. 
Well, instead of excuses, you need to exercise your faith by getting into the word of God. Instead of more devotional time during vacation time, seems like there's less. Hey, listen. Listen. You give God some time. You don't think God's going to give you time back? Huh? You want real rest? You want real comfort? Really? Do you? You can find greater rest and comfort in God's word than you can swatting mosquitoes in a hammock. Summertime, vacation time, don't take a vacation away from God. Strengthen your life this summer. He pursued God's word. He pursued God in his walk. His actions showed that he appropriated godly thinking. He got in the boat. One of the illustrations of, of a walk with the Lord is Josiah. Uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter 34, 2 Chronicles chapter 34, 2 Chronicles chapter 34. Go ahead, look at Josiah. This is good. This is for good for everybody here because Josiah starts this at eight years of age. That's right, eight years. Yeah, is it important? Yeah, eight years old. Notice, if you would please, in, in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 34, the Bible says, Josiah, verse number one, was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. And uh, he goes on down, he talks about how he purged the, and got rid of the molten uh, images and tore down the groves. Note verse 31, go to verse 31. He, he, in verse 31, the Bible says that uh, he, let me see, and the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. It first started with the covenants written in the book, and then it went to his walk, pursued God in his word, yeah, and then he pursued God with his walk. Hey, you say, well, you know, Pastor, I just don't know. Well, what are you talking about devotions? All right, uh, Bob, do you have a mic there? You got a mic there? Okay, good. Uh, let's go to, uh, go back to Keith right back there. Keith, just stand up. In, in less than 45 seconds, just tell me how you have your daily devotions. Because uh, normally when I do preaching with you, I cannot do anything in 45 seconds. Yeah. So um, first for me would be praise and uh, just having a proper understanding of who God is, praising and thanking him for what he's done in my life. And then after that, I would focus on scripture reading and delving into that. And then, um, then I would probably at that point feel it's time to ask him for bring things before him that, you know, are burdening your heart or that are, uh, you know, he, you need his help with. And, and, uh, Amen. and so it's really three steps for me. Amen. You did that in list 45. Great. Uh, Jeff Hagenauer. I got to watch this guy because I know he can't do it in 45 seconds. I'll give you 52. We can, we, we can, we can do it. So, uh, yeah, opening up in a word of prayer, just praising God for who he is and getting my heart right before him before I go into the scripture. Try to do a portion of uh, scripture reading following that. And then uh, 
Usually I'm in a portion of scripture with my Sunday school, but I'm looking through there, reading through that, and uh, for the day I'm looking for a, maybe a verse that stands out to me that I can kind of think about that day and meditate upon that. And then long-term verses that uh, really stand out to me personally that I know maybe the area I struggle in that I need to memorize that portion of scripture to, to help me grow. Amen. Bob, while you got the mic, go ahead. Give us your... Okay, so I won't get into a lot of specifics because we don't have a lot of time, but... No, you don't. I, I have, uh, you know, it depends on the time uh, where I'm at. I'll do devotions differently. Right now, lately what I've been doing is uh, after I ate my breakfast, after, because otherwise I'll just be thinking about food. So after I ate my breakfast, I go down and uh, I'll usually read... Uh, between a chapter, maybe a few chapters, um, one of the good mantras I've heard and been running with for a while now is never read a Bible verse, which might sound weird in church, but don't read just a Bible verse. Read the surrounding context. Make sure you understand it and let it work on your heart. And so after I do some Bible reading, then I will spend some time with uh, God in prayer and uh, that's how I've been doing my devotions of late. Amen. Very good. Yeah, you want to read around it because like Judas, uh, you know, he went to kill himself and then says, go do likewise. So anyway, <laughs> that's good. You, that's all I need from you guys. Just, oh, I just want to show you that these just normal guys and this is what they do and you can do the same thing. It doesn't take a long time, but you need to start it. You need to activate. You need to be. Uh, appropriating God's word. I have verse after verse, you know, to walk. Uh, we, we go to the Old Testament, we read to walk after the Lord, to walk before the Lord, to walk in the law, to walk in the perfect way, to walk in his ways. Uh, uh, Psalm 116.9, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Romans 6, verse number 4, uh, to walk in the newness of life. Uh, uh, Romans 8, verse number 4, to, to walk after the Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Walk in the Spirit, uh, Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16. And all the way through uh, the book of Ephesians, uh, don't walk the way the Gentiles walk. Don't walk the way the natural man walk. Walk in this new way. You've got a new way to walk. He was personal. He pursued God. Third, he had a passion for God. I love this. You know I love this. It says, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Here's a great picture of his passion. David had left Jerusalem on the Jericho Highway. His journey took him through some of the most barren land. He had been driven away from the throne. Driven away from the palace. Driven away from family and friends and the people. Driven away. But he was driven now closer to God. It was God's sanctuary that he missed more than all the rest. He missed that worship time with God. He missed that time, that personal time. Because of his love for God. Oh, he could still, he could still worship God there in the desert. 
But he missed that sanctuary time. Did you see that? Notice the Bible says in verse number two, to see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. His whole soul thirsted for God. The desolate scenery which surrounded him only served to accent his thirst. Huh. He described it as a dry and thirsty land. The word David uses for longing was a Hebrew word that was also used to describe someone fainting. Yeah. My flesh is fainting for you. Oh God. Elohim is my El. He says Elohim is God, my creator. El is the thought that God as the creator is intensified. God is all and he is all powerful and has all strength. And as I'm fainting, God, I need you. I need you. I need to be in the everlasting arms of my God. Again, could David worship on Jericho Road? Sure. He could do that in the wilderness. But he missed that sanctuary time. The haven of worship. The world was outside. And God was in the sanctuary. He thirsted for that. See, the world gives nothing that can quench our thirst. Only God can do that. God can quench our spiritual thirst. This world's philosophers can only cause more thirst. This world's pleasures, oh, it seems like the thirst is taken away, but for how long? A couple weeks. Then the thirst is back. And the soul is grieving because we missed out on that time with the living God. This was spiritual thinking, huh? Spiritual thinking. Not natural thinking, but spiritual thinking. God. My God. I need you, God. God, I'm going to pursue you with all I've got in me. It's a shame. So often we're pursuing temporal things. We place them in front of our God. Remember that this summer. Build your faith. Pursue God. Apprehend the word of God. Build your passion for the living God. 